Welcome to the Crossroads Psychology Podcast. I'm Vojko Michnia signing in from Beijing. In this pilot episode, we will talk about technology and productivity. I'm joined today by Brandon Knight, an educator and former colleague of mine, currently based in Atlanta, Georgia. We worked together previously at our school on a project for UNESCO, which was actually accepted. Thank you, Brandon, for joining me today. Do you remember our project? Yeah, thank you for having me, Mikia. And of course, I remember our project for artificial intelligence. Can't forget it. <laughs> I know. It was artificial intelligence and machine learning. And we actually got accepted to participate at the UNESCO Mobile Learning Week in Paris, right? In 2019. Yeah. We definitely got accepted to go to Paris to do the mobile learning week there in Paris. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah, at the wrong time. <laughs> All right. Before everything hit. In today's podcast, I want us to talk about how we can use technology to increase our productivity. Because I believe these days everyone is working from home and the use of technology is like has exploded and I think there are some key applications, key software that we can use to further increase our productivity or to become more productive or even, you know, to decrease procrastination. What do you think? Does it sound like a good topic for today's podcast? Yeah, I think it sounds like a good place to start, uh, especially with the productivity. We can start there. Yeah, right. So I'm thinking, let's look at five areas. Let's look at personal development, education, business, finance, and health. Now, they're in no particular order. I'm not saying the first is more important than the last, because personal development is important. But if you're unhealthy, well, you can be as personally yeah. developed as possible. Thank you so much. Right? <laughs> so if you could share with us today any apps, any software that you find useful or you think that can help people increase with their productivity, then I'm, I'm all ears and I'll give my two cents and hopefully the audience can, you know, maybe get some new ideas or even, you know, make that decision and finally use that app that they always wanted to use, but you know, they never got to downloading it. Yeah. All right, so let's start with personal development because I think this is the time of personal development. We stay at home. Sometimes we have to do work, not sometimes, we have to do work for, you know, for our, for our job, but there's also sure. a lot, a lot of free time which we can dedicate to um, become better at whatever we want to do. So what, what do you, what, what apps do you have in mind? What software, what platforms? Let's not stay limited to apps, like platforms in general for personal development. Uh, well, I'll probably uh, have a few platforms, I guess, to, to start with. And yeah, like you said, definitely this year, probably everybody's had a lot more time to themselves to, you know, develop themselves, to work on a new skill uh, and try something different. Uh, in order to do that, uh, one of the things that I've been using personally uh, is Skillshare. Uh, probably maybe eight or nine months ago, I got like a year subscription uh, to Skillshare. I've kind of been working on things that I've always done, but haven't 
had enough time to develop until recently. So even things like recording videos and editing videos, they've been able to take Skillshare classes on how to use like Final Cut Pro, how to do it in a much more, I guess, organized way so that I can use it for things like YouTube or things even for teaching or whatnot. Things I just didn't know before. And mm. I actually had time to go through, you know, you can take a class. It can be an hour long class. It can be 12 hour long class. How, and you can go at your own pace. So I've been able to, in my free time, which I've had more of, uh, go through these classes and be able to gain skills, for example, like the video editing, but mm. not just, you know, not just things I wasn't necessarily good at, even things that I am better at, like, additional skills when it comes to teaching or giving a presentation. A lot of people had to adapt to using Zoom or using or teaching online. And there's even Skillshare classes on how to set up your your computer for Zoom meetings or how to add these keyboard shortcut keys so you can switch between talking in a room with 10 people on a Zoom call. It's a skill. Right. It's not so- something that necessarily comes naturally, so it's something you have to learn. Um, but, you know... Do things like Skillshare and able to. You are able to go deeper, way. right? With, with Skillshare. Yeah. To learn more, maybe more, more specialized skills, right? Yeah, I know Skillshare yeah. is like, it's massive. There's so much stuff on, on Skillshare. I personally have subscribed to Blinklist. So Blinklist is platform that summarizes books and it's a very good source for new reading ideas and at the same time it's a very good source for books that I might not read or I know that I will not read but it would not be bad to know what they are about yeah so you can go through the summary then they have key points there are some quotes so you kind of get the gist of what the book is about and by the end of their summary and, and presentation, then you kind of like know what the writer talks about. And then you can later on maybe decide to read the book or read the same, uh, read something by the same author. Anything- so it kind of pretty much condenses all the information yeah. uh, into like a summary so you can kind of get through the book and have the information without having to, you know, take hours and hours to try to plow through it essentially i know sometimes people say like oh that's like cheating you should just sit down and read the entire book Mm. but i think there are so many books out there that you have to be very selective with what you read and what you spend your time on and of course you want to create like a nice general knowledge but then we also want to be specialized in our own field so uh, I think Blinklist and these websites that provide summaries of, let's say, important or famous books are very useful, actually. I mean, yeah, and especially for somebody like you. I mean, look behind you. You have like look like over 100 books. So <laughs> uh, probably being able to summarize, uh, you know, every new book you get recommended probably is a, a good skill to have, yeah. especially in the you know educational profession and whatnot. Sure. Always going to be coming across new information. Do you have any other recommendations for personal development apps, platforms? Well, I mean, given that you talked about books, probably Audible will be my my next one. Personally speaking, I'm not. I've never been. At least in the past, when I was younger, I was never really big in reading and whatnot. 
Like, I think I got through high school and maybe didn't read any books at all. And I really didn't get into reading until like after college. But probably in the last few years, I've been using Audible uh, as my go-to for, for getting through books and whatnot. And I definitely would recommend it, especially for people who maybe reading wasn't their first uh, or their biggest interest. Hmm. It definitely allowed me to get through a lot. A lot of stuff I wanted to get through uh, and books I've always heard about but never actually took the time to read. Especially, you know, I've taught English and whatnot. So being able to get through all the material uh, before I have to teach anything about it or uh, just for stuff I personally wanted to read uh, is a big plus. Uh, so subscription service is not free per se, but you do get a, a free book every month with it. And Audible is their own free books as well every month. So yeah, just give it a year or so you'll get a good collection of books to go through. Uh, true, I even true. had books on learning Chinese, not even just uh, for, you know, not even just fiction, nonfiction and stuff that you can use again to personal development level of your skills. Yeah. Uh, and I think audiobooks have just exploded these days and everyone is making the most of their time because time is precious. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. And sure. although I said at the beginning that we all might have some extra time, uh, when it comes to reading, it's always, oh, I need free time to read, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's also the fascination with podcasts, too. You can just start listening. You don't necessarily have to also pay attention to, to the screen. All right. So let's move on to maybe a very related domain, education. What platforms, <laughs> apps, software do you recommend? for the domain of education? So uh, when I'm looking at education in terms of actually learning yourself, I probably would recommend a platform like a Coursera or a edX uh, yeah. online. And I say that because this these platforms essentially give you structured uh, classes or courses to take. And it could be, again, on any class. But unlike maybe a Skillshare, these are more, I guess, academic-based mm -hmm. uh, subjects. So uh, maybe I'll be taking a class on a computer science. Uh, you can be, and you're taking these classes through university. So there'll be, you know, maybe you take a class through Harvard University or Stanford University True. on here. Yeah. And it could be for something that's related to something, again, you're actually doing. Or maybe, again, these are standardized, um, a little more formal. So they, some of them work for go towards be a bachelor's degree or you can do your master's degree online using these platforms as well. Even beyond just the universities, uh, Google and IBM and Microsoft also have classes on Coursera and some of them catered toward working at those companies. Yeah. So if you wanted to get into IT or something like that, you can take the Google IT certification uh, on Coursera as well. So there's pretty a broad spectrum of different types of fields you can get into. And especially, again, like you said before, now in the time where we have this extra time, we're trying to figure out, you know, what to do with it. And I think I'm pretty sure both Coursera and edX are free unless you want a certificate. So, yeah. so you can like take any class for free unless you want, want the certificate. And then, then even that usually is about like 40 or $50 uh, for the certificate. And I've, I've, I've taken a few courses on both Coursera and edX and the quality is, is pretty good. 
and these universities do put good effort into uh, into the material they present. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. Like I'm taking a class right now on computational uh, learning and whatnot. So I've definitely had experience with quite a few different courses, even courses I don't necessarily teach. Like I've taken like physics classes on Coursera before just because I was interested in it. I know. So yeah, uh, for me personally, it's definitely helped me a lot. I'm probably be doing my master's in fall in computer science. So kind of brushing up on some of the, the core material, uh, Coursera is right. very useful uh, in that regard. So I definitely would recommend this for anybody looking to, I guess, educate themselves or in the field of education or just looking to elevate the career and they need that structured, I guess that structured course format to help them do that. Right, right. Any other tips for education? I mean, I wanted to say here, you know, Google is also a huge source wow. of information. <laughs> and when you, when we say education, let's not be, you know, highbrow and say it has to be a course from Stanford. You know, no. if you if you know nothing about a topic, I think Wikipedia is just <laughs> the right place to go. I mean, you have the University of YouTube as well. I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, we have more knowledge at this point in history than we ever had before. We have the entire internet at our disposal. It's more so sifting through non-relevant information mm. uh, to get done whatever you want to get done. Uh, right, yeah, of right. course, like Google's free, YouTube is free, and uses this high-quality videos on all those platforms. I know, as long as you can. Avoid the cat videos, which are pretty addictive, right? They are. All right, let's move on to business. I know. Let's move on to business. I'm really curious. Okay. What what business apps platforms do you uh, recommend? And I know business is a very broad topic, so maybe you can uh, split it in like several subsections. All right, we can uh, split it up. We'll talk about maybe how to use it as a form of payment, maybe how to, if you're running a small business, how to do it for taxes mm. and personally how you would use it. Uh, so I'll start with personally in business. One of the first things you need to do as anybody, just not having a business, uh, you need to be able to budget either for yourself or for your business. And one of the apps that I use is called Y and A B, or mm-hmm. you need a budget. And what it lets you do is it'll synchronize up to your bank account, your credit cards, all your bills and anything you have, any money you have coming in and coming out. So it'll generate a number. Uh, and that number again will be the amount of money coming in and you'll budget yourself based on the money you already have coming in for the month. So you can clearly see where your expenses are going. Personally, it's helped because maybe you have subscription to YouTube premium, or maybe you have like a subscription to Hulu, Netflix, you have all these things, all these uh, bills coming in and you want to be able to plan uh, for things you want to do next month, the month after that. It's, it's good to actually see it in front of you. Usually you can't plan for anything you don't measure. Right. Having a budgeting app or it's like the next step up from just tossing all your numbers in Excel every month makes it a lot easier. And it makes it so if you want to adjust something, maybe like, oh, I feel like I need $20 more this month. You can easily see, oh, maybe I'll just cancel my Hulu subscription. Yeah, maybe I don't need HBO, Hulu, Disney Plus, yeah. and, um, and Netflix. <laughs> maybe, uh, I don't know, 
maybe Star Wars is over this month. I can cancel Disney Plus. I can mm. move on. Next month, I'll bring it back. But it allows you to move how you want to move to get done what you need to get done. And having a budgeting app, again, allows you to see it and plan out. It's even more important if you actually do have your own business. Because, again, most businesses do fail because of the lack of capital in the first couple of years. Yep. So when you're navigating this treacherous business road, you need to be able to keep your business light as possible, keep your expenses down. And to do that, you kind of need to be able to see, uh, you know, navigate your way through. So you need to see what's coming in, what's coming out. And if you need to change something, you need to be able to do it at a drop of a hat. And being able to see it means I can do it now versus waiting to the end of the month uh, when maybe I didn't have enough money to cover something or, or not. So budgeting app, definitely my first, I guess, piece of advice. Right. Uh, let me let me let me tell you how a caveman like I am. I still do my budgeting on paper, pen and paper. <laughs> I know you would not agree, but I'm not an Excel guy. I don't really like Excel, but I I totally agree with you. Seeing it in front of you, seeing the numbers, and yeah. asking yourself like, hmm, where the, is is this really an important part of my <laughs> life right now? And then you know where where to cut or where to add or let's say oh so I can go back to my uh, fifth uh, streaming account because I've got right. some extra cash today <laughs> or this month, right? W- what would be next? So that's budgeting. That's budgeting, and with any business comes taxes. At some point in the year, you're gonna have to pay taxes to somebody, to someone, to something. No matter what you're doing, whether you're investing your money in stocks, whether you're losing money right now in Dogecoin. Uh, no matter what you do, you're going to have to, at some point, pay taxes. And using apps like, for example, I use uh, QuickBooks uh, for just your normal expenses, the day-to-day. Uh, Quick, QuickBooks will keep tabs of literally everything. My once-a-year taxes would be uh, like a TurboTax. They're managed by the same actual company. QuickBooks is more your day-to-day, all your purchases. Your terrible taxes will be your final income at the end of the year. You know, I do my taxes in less than 20 minutes uh, every year. And this kind of saves me a lot of time, stress, headache. And even and that's doing taxes when I'm making money abroad. Normally, you would have to have extra different types of forms right. and whatnot. Uh, saves me a lot of time. Uh, and I always know, no matter what I'm doing, that everything is, like, squared away. A lot of people are investing in, again, like, crypto and stocks right now. And what people may not realize is that even though, even though your Dogecoin's gone up from five cents to forty cents, you still have to pay taxes on that. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the these profits and these gains aren't necessarily untaxable, so you still gotta, you know, get your forms at the end of the month or at the end of the year and pay on it. Uh, so having these apps just makes it a lot easier for you and saves you some trouble uh, down the road. All right, just like one, a, yeah, one question. Is it, a, is it yeah. a subscription app? No, these apps are actually free. There you go. Like, uh, QuickBooks is free. Uh, TurboTax, you may have like a small payment when you actually file the taxes, but even then, this is less than, less than $50 for like the whole year. It's not, compared to like, you know, your actual salary, it's not that crazy. Hmm. Or missing out on taxes and having to pay fines. Yeah, definitely uh, compared to paying fines or anything like that. It'll save you a lot of money in the long run. All right. So we talked about budgeting, taxes. What else do you recommend that's like really important to uh, keep track of? 
the next one, I guess, is more geared towards people who are actually running a their own per, their own personal business. So uh, one of the things everybody needs is a way to manage their payments, whether it's invoices or payments they're sending out. Uh, so one of the apps I guess I could recommend would either be PayPal or Square, uh, if you use a Square terminal. Uh, so depending on how you accept payments, I uh, would probably determine which route you go. But either PayPal, Square, Venmo, these type of things are something you're definitely going to need if you want to accept payments online. Because if you can't accept payments online, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Wait for somebody to hand you a check or just going to have cash. And if you don't have a physical presence, then it kind of makes doing any type of business almost impossible. So this is one of the, this is kind of one of the first things you need. Uh, yeah, I have a product, but how do I get, you know, how do I get the money after I put out my product? Right, um, right. So having a payment, some type of payment app is definitely going to be your, your bread and butter uh, as a business owner. Yeah, I'm a big fan of PayPal and PayPal is, it's connected to all my, all my accounts. I just do all payments through PayPal as long as, you know, it's, it's allowed. I know that sometimes the fees are a bit high, but uh, it comes, it comes with the game, you know? Yeah. And there's also, you know, uh, doing business, there's other things besides even like the fees, like you have your, uh, for example, with PayPal, you have your seller's protection and whatnot. Like sometimes I sell a lot of stuff uh, online and on eBay and stuff like this. And just having that extra little bit of seller protection is has definitely come into play a few times. So besides just being able to process your payments, uh, you know, when things go south, you know, business is between people. Things don't always work out. Mm. But sometimes you need that uh, backing of a bigger company to kind of make, you know, give you that peace of mind for your bigger sales and whatnot. I've also recently started using Payoneer. It's like another version of PayPal. Okay. But for some reason, I can connect Payoneer to my bank account, but I cannot connect PayPal to my bank account. So uh, I I managed to connect the three together. Any any other business apps, platforms that you have in mind? Mm, I guess business, again, is, is really going to depend because like, you may have employees and that takes in a whole I know, different right? avenue. You may need to be able to manage not only, you know, again, like a budgeting app, you're managing what you're doing. If you have employees, now you're going to manage what everybody's doing. So you may need to be able to schedule, uh, you know, scheduling apps may be a thing for you. Yeah. Uh, you may use a shared calendar or something like that. But there's just so many aspects to business. <laughs> I know. Employees just is a whole nother uh, dimension. Right. So if you need to manage people as, you know, completely different. What I used a lot while I was in Thailand, I want to say in the sense that of business-wise making money, I use Fiverr and Fiverr mm-hmm. is a great app and it's a great platform to, you know, to make some side income and at the same time to get some work done at yeah. fairly decent prices. And the other business app that I use a lot is Upwork. Upwork is same. It's like a marketplace for everything you okay. need. And usually I use it when, unfortunately, people hack my website and I'm panicking (laughs) and I don't know what to do. I have this one guy I always go to and uh, he's not cheap, obviously, uh, but he fixes my website very fast. It hasn't happened in the past, let's say, three years. My website hasn't been hacked, but uh, I always stay in touch with him and make sure that I have a contact to, you know, to 
go to if if things are uh, going south. All right, how about finance? I know we talked about taxes. <clears throat> what finance uh, apps do you recommend? Um, well, probably a lot of the, again, uh, looking at how everything's going right now, uh, a lot of people are getting into uh, cryptocurrency. So one of the, the apps I guess I could recommend would be the, the Coinbase app. Uh, Coinbase actually just had their IPO maybe like two weeks ago or so too on the stock market. Has like a easy, uh, easy to get navigate user interface and a pretty wide spectrum of crypto that it allows you to invest in. And I guess bonuses for people, oh, small bonuses for recommending people to join up. The fees are not too bad on Coinbase as well. And I would recommend people to at least try, uh, at least try to, you know, test the market out. Definitely, uh, crypto is going through a surge right now. Right. So a, right. Lot of, a lot more people are getting, uh, getting interested in it, uh, either through Coinbase or another app, uh, I use called Robinhood. Of course. And Robinhood is probably even cheaper. <laughs> uh, there's literally no fees on Robinhood for, for trading or for, uh, investing in crypto. I just has for crypto it just has less crypto listed in Coinbase. Mm. Uh, and there's also a little, you know, some other controversy with Robinhood, but Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. But here we need to be very transparent and tell the audience that we're not financial advisors, we're not recommending yeah, anyone to go and advisors. invest blindly uh, well. on any of these uh, investment apps. Do your homework before you press that buy yeah, button. Yeah, yeah, and sure. uh, never invest more than you can lose and don't buy on margin and just be very, very careful because we, we've, you we've heard, we've heard stories and we've read the news and tragedies can happen. So we both encourage anyone who's listening right now to be very prudent, right? Be very careful. Yeah. Be very careful in your research with this. I mean, cause even today I looked at the, the market on, on Dogecoin and again, a lot, another popular coin that people are investing in. It probably crashed like last night, uh, at least <laughs> for me, it went down maybe over 50% of its value in like one night. It was, tra- it was over maybe se- almost 70 cents yesterday and today is at 40 cents. So there's a lot of significant there, amount of value yeah. in one day. And again, uh, this is something that a lot of people have been pressing on and paying, paying a lot of money into. So it's just, you mm. know, to reiterate the point that you kind of need to do your research. And for some of this stuff, no amount of research is going to help. Like, honestly, crypto is really, some crypto is, really, is pretty much a gamble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could do your research and you'll still probably, you know, a good chance you'll still lose money. Usually investing is a, is a long-term game. <laughs> Unless you're gambling, you should invest long-term and that's a bit safer than, um, you know, yeah. buy today, sell tomorrow. Although it's so exciting and I do, I also it do it and, you know, we talked about it. Uh, but, um, yeah, people may just do your homework and be very, very careful. All right. How about our last domain of interest health? Before you start, let me tell you the app that I use. I use this amazing caveman app called the bar. So people call me on my, uh, or send me messages on the phone. Uh, what are you doing? I'm saying I'm at the bar. I'm like, you, you don't drink like you, it's, it's, it's working out. What are you doing at the bar? And I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing pull-ups. So, uh, my go-to app, my go-to software, my go-to activity is the pull-up bar out in the open. Now, please, uh, bring me to, um, to, <laughs> to the 21st century. 
All right, I'm bringing it, bringing it to 2021 real quick. So probably the last few months for sure, one of the biggest apps and tech, pieces of technology I've been using is uh, the Apple Watch, as you can see right here, and the Apple Fitness app. It kind of got me back onto my, uh, you know, exercising daily. But what the Apple Fitness app or does, it kind of gamifies your exercise so you can kind of set your own goals. And every day you will complete rings based on how well you completed mm. your own goals that you set for yourself. You know, take into account like your movement, your your calories that you're burning. And especially during a period of time when the most people are working from home than ever, it's a good time to take into consideration how much, you know, how to stay active and to kind of organize how you do this activity. Uh, for me personally, again, I've used this for on and off for like a year, but really probably for like the last five or six months daily. So I think my current streak on Apple Fitness is maybe 155 days straight. Wow. And one of the biggest reasons I've been able to stick with uh, stick with it is that you can share this with your friends. So you can see how well they're doing every day mm. and you can kind of compete with your friends and whatnot. So what really got me into the competition was some of my friends back in Beijing. They do this every day. And then I see them. I pretty much I wake up every morning and it shows me, oh, Tyrone's just finished the workout. Yeah, but you're 12 hours before us, right? So you have 12 yeah. hours to catch up with uh, with us. Yeah, I have 12 hours. to catch. So, you know, you guys set the bar over there. And <laughs> it's my choice whether I want to, uh, you know, look, go to the bar. And uh, Speaking of bars, right? <laughs> So there's definitely the competition aspect definitely helped me a lot. And pretty much my goal this year was just to pass like one of our friends, Steve, back in Beijing. His record was 155 days straight. <laughs> and that's literally probably being my biggest motivator to use my Apple Watch every day. Uh, and every, again, everybody has their own motivations uh, for why they want to get healthy, why they want to do this. But having this combination definitely has, for millions of people this year, got them on like the right track. Mm. Just doing 30 minutes a day of any type of exercise or any type of activity is definitely going to be better than, you know, sitting down all day. So just getting your feet wet is great for beginners. Uh, even to go a little bit further deeper, the Apple Fitness app, besides keeping track of everything for your Apple Watch, you can use it for exercises as well. There's Apple Fitness Plus. And like routines for, and for stuff. Apple Fitness Plus, again, having this whole, again, this whole ecosystem workout into with like, you know, you can cast workouts to your tv you can cast workouts from your phone or your your tablet uh just makes it easier the barrier entry is lower is lower uh, and it was what's helped most people i think uh lowering the barrier entry and getting them in, into fitness you know it's definitely worked out a lot for me so this is definitely something i recommend to anybody that's looking to start working out for the first time or wants to make a change right and i think the way you describe it, the app also provides some sort of accountability, right? Well, yeah, it will remind you throughout the day, like, oh, finish your rant, and oh, you're this close to finishing. Oh, and then also show you all the notifications from all mm -hmm. your friends who are finishing theirs. So it kind of, one, it, it intrinsically motivates you, and two, it kind of puts that pressure on from the outside. You're seeing everybody else finish theirs and do theirs, so you kind of want to take that extra step. Like, literally, I always finish my rings every day, no matter what. It's like the one thing I've done in this, this past year, like, religiously, <laughs> every day. Like, I don't think I can say I've done anything else every day that consistent. 
And it also helps you establish other habits. Uh, right. Establishing right. that first habit consistently allows you to, to move on to other things. Maybe you start out with finishing your rings every day. Mm. Mm. Right. Then you right. go on to maybe whatever, drinking water every day. There's, there's so many things you can start by just establishing that first habit. And it definitely uh, reinforces that. All right, Brandon, thank you for your tips. I'm uh, really curious to see what's the audience thinking, what's the audience using. So let us know in the comment section below what apps do you use to stay productive, to run your business, to stay healthy, to educate yourself. And let's start a conversation in the comment section and we'll read and, you know, we're here to share our knowledge, our tips and tricks, but at the same time, we're here to find out more about what others are doing. Right, Brandon? For sure. Definitely want to hear back from everybody in the comments. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today for the pilot episode of this new Crossroads Psychology podcast. I hope to see you again on this channel for a new podcast, for a new <laughs> interview. And please don't forget, subscribe to this channel. All right. Until next time, this is Vojko Michnia and Brandon. Goodbye.